Hi, you have pushed play on Diving Into Deep Waters podcast. I am your host, Erin Rowling, and welcome to the last podcast of the year. We are going to wrap up 2021 with a bang, or let's hope so. (laughs) Um, Christmas is next week, people, and hopefully you are wrapped up and ready. Um, I'm getting there. Nothing's wrapped, of course. Nothing. That's... That's a last minute thing. I am totally envious of people that have their wrapping done like way early. And I really should, every year I say to myself, okay, as the gifts come in, because I order everything online, I'm going to wrap them all. And then it'll all be wrapped and it'll be done. Does that happen? No, no, it does not happen. And I even wrote on my to-do list, start wrapping to hopefully get it done a little bit earlier, but... I don't know if that's going to happen. Also, I I feel like I am doing really well until I look at my list and then I realize like I have 20 other things I need to do. I think, oh, I'm doing really well. Like, I'm on it. Like, this is going, like, checking things off. And then I'll think, oh, I didn't do this. Oh, I didn't do that. And so it will get done, people. It will get done. It always does. It magically happens somehow I think there's a meme or gif or however you say that out there that's like my kids uh think that Christmas magically appears and actually it's just me as a mom getting everything ready so to all the moms out there getting Christmas ready you got this we can do this we'll get it done (laughs) for us Christmas is going to be a little bit different um our oldest daughter Amanda is not going to be with us this year and I'm not going to lie, this mom's heart is a little, ooh, it's a little emotional, um, especially as it's getting closer. And I keep thinking, oh, well, Amanda won't be here for that. And Amanda, well, Amanda and Frank won't be here for that. And I'm it's very happy for Frank's family because they're all going to be together. The grandkids and all the spouses and everybody's going to be together. So, like, I don't want to deny them that. I just have to give up my daughter <laughs> in order for them to do that. But um, it was kind of sweet because Liz, uh, my second daughter, was like, well, you know, since Amanda's not going to be here for Christmas Day, we could just celebrate Christmas Day another day so that she can be with us. And um, that was very sweet, but her younger siblings were not, um, they were not about to move Christmas. <laughs> So we will just celebrate at a different time, but Christmas will be on Christmas. Um, For us, being at home is um, pretty special. We don't go anywhere for Christmas. We are in our own home. Um, And I know every family is different how they do Christmas, but several years ago, our kids actually, because we would travel for Christmas, we'd go to New York, um, we've gone to Paul's parents' house and stuff like that. And finally, our kids were kind of like, we want to be home. And I think a big part of it is like, as you start to have your own traditions or things that your family does, if you go somewhere else, you can't really do that. Or, you know, everyone has their own stuff. And so, um, which is great. It's fine. It's not bad. It's just hard when you want to do your stuff and you're somewhere else. (laughs) So we actually um, just decided to be home. And we'll do other Christmases at another time. And um, 
I think, you know, when I say traditions, like we have things like we always have cinnamon rolls for breakfast. Um, and we do our stockings. The stockings are kind of a big deal. I, I know like not everybody puts a lot of, you know, maybe some families don't even do stockings. I don't know. But for me, like growing up, stockings were important because that's actually where um, we got an, our ornament from my mom. And each ornament she would give us would represent like kind of that year. It was like something specific. And so we've carried on that tradition in our family. And um, that's just this kind of, I love that part. I love watching my kids, you know, open their ornaments because it's just kind of special and it's something that they'll have um, to take on to their family one day and and kind of can represent uh, for them. But it's this is kind of a funny story. So with the ornament thing, my daughter Liz had torn her ACL and she has a really good sense of humor. Like she's probably like the funniest person I know. And so I thought, well, it was really a rough year. I'm going to get a funny ornament, you know, like just to kind of lighten the mood of what's happened this year. You know, it was pretty horrible tearing her ACL and all of this stuff. <laughs> so it's Christmas morning. I'm like excited because like I said, I get excited about these ornaments. And she opens it up. And so it had a gingerbread on it and the gingerbread's leg was snapped off and it said, oh snap. And I'm thinking she's going to laugh. Well, it didn't quite go down like that. She opened it up and she started like bawling. And I felt like the worst mother because that's it. That's the first thing we do on Christmas morning is open our stockings and <laughs> totally set the tone for her for the rest of the day. And it was hor it it was kind of comical in a sense because at one point she was like crying and she was like, One day this will be funny, but it's not funny right now. So I actually ended up getting her she was homecoming queen that year, so I ended up getting her a different ornament after Christmas to represent that because that was a much better memory than her leg. But now every year when she puts the um ornament on the tree, she's like, Oh, when she pulls it out she's like oh remember mom when you made me cry <laughs> with this ornament <laughs> so I've I've definitely taken that as a lesson to be a little bit more careful with the ornaments that I I pick out um two I know every family has different things as far as gifts um how you do gifts I was raised we do one gift at a time like and and Paul and I have done that um we raised our kids like that because I cannot stand a free-for-all and I'm, I'm not judging you if that's what you do. Maybe, maybe a little bit I'm judging. I don't know. But this is why I don't like it is because I spent a lot of time and effort and energy and money in the gift that I've bought you and I want to see you open it. <laughs> so when we've been with people that are free for all, because some families operate that way, um, I would say like, hey, if I bought you a gift you make sure that I see you open it. Do not open it without me seeing. So I don't, I know it's probably stupid, but, um, you know, it's just how we do it. Does it take us a while? Yes. Do we need bathroom breaks? Yes. Do we need coffee breaks? Yes. Do we need food breaks? Yes. But it is glorious and I love every second of it and it makes me super, super happy. You know what else makes me super, super happy? Um, <laughs> is 
One of my favorite movies at Christmas time is the movie Elf. Um, now, I know it's one of those movies, either you love it or you hate it. Um, if you hate it, you might want to skip this podcast. <laughs> or no, just don't skip it. Just listen and maybe I'll change your mind, okay? Um, now, you may be asking, why would you do a podcast on the movie Elf? Um Obviously, with Christmas, you know, I could do a lot of different topics. There's there's plenty to choose from. Um, but the other night, I woke up in the middle of the night. I had to go to the bathroom. And I thought of this particular scene in the movie Elf. And it just kind of wowed me. I, it just kind of hit me in a very spiritual way. And so... That little thought, that little moment, that little three o'clock wake up has inspired this podcast. And so that's what we're going to do. When my husband was in college, he actually took a class called Real Spirituality. It's like real, like R-E-E-L. And um, so what they would do is they would watch secular movies and then try to find like the God moments in them. And this is this is the fact, people. You can find God in anything. If you're looking, you can find him. And so that's what we're going to do in this podcast. We are going to see how we can find God in Elf. <laughs> um, so the movie starts off. Um, I'm not going to go through the whole movie. Don't worry if you're like, oh, I hate this movie. No, just stick with me. So it starts off in the North Pole, of course. And um, we're Buddy is the main character of the movie um it's actually will ferrell that plays him so funny guy um but he is a human who ends up uh accidentally in the north pole and um papa elf adopts him and it doesn't take long for buddy to realize that he is not like the other elves because he's different and obviously I mean, if you've seen the movie, the main reason why he feels different is his size. He's like a six um, foot, three inch human living in an elf world. And um, his being different made him not feel accepted. Like there's a scene where like the elves are like, what are we going to do with him? And, you know, poor buddy is like, he's huge and he's good for some things, but he really is not good for being an elf. It's, It's not a good fit. And actually... As I was doing this podcast, it kind of reminded me of my daughter, Abby, because she is 13. She's like six feet tall. And um, her size definitely makes her feel different. It's it's something that she can really bother her. Um, and obviously, as a parent, when you see your kid, like there's nothing she can do about it. <laughs> She cannot make herself smaller. She cannot shrink. Um, it's just, there's nothing she can do. But, you know, as a parent, that's hard. It's hard because, like, you don't want to see your kid feel different or feel like um, she gets teased about it. So that makes her not feel accepted. And um, obviously, you know, like, every adult that sees her is like, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. That's so awesome that you're so tall. And because obviously we see the benefit of it, but when you're her age and you are literally taller than every single person in your class, because the boys haven't really started growing yet, um, she's out on the floor for basketball or volleyball. She's taller than the refs. She's taller than the coaches. She's taller than, 
<laughs> that just a lot of humans, you know, when you're that tall, um, it's it can be really, really hard. And I think that all of us know we may not be six feet tall or, you know, have something like that. But I think we've all at different points in our life have felt um, different and not accepted. And that's a real feeling. But if you've ever felt like that, I just want to give you a little bit of hope because, um, you know, Jesus can relate. That's one of the things I really love about who God is, is that he always shows himself relatable. And we've talked about that, I know, but um, there's a, there's a verse in John 1 verse 11. It says, he was in the world and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. Like Jesus totally can relate to his own creation. Like he made the world. He made creation. He made people. And yet they didn't receive him. He wasn't accepted. And so if you're ever feeling like, woe is me, which we're human, we have those feelings. Just be reminded that Jesus, his own creation didn't accept him or, or receive him. So he can relate. So if you ever need to like sit, have a little pity party, go have it with Jesus because he can relate and he can minister to your soul and, and help us realize that he himself was there, but it's not the end of the world, right? It's not the end of the story. Um, so from there, Buddy goes on a journey because obviously he realizes like Papa Elf is not his real dad. And, um, so he's going to go find his real father and basically he's going to search for his identity. And I can totally relate to that. I felt like that growing up too. Like, who am I? Um, I didn't feel whole most of my life not knowing who I was. can totally relate to Buddy the Elf. Um, I was always searching for my identity. Um, and I think that that's a lot of us. I think a lot of us are searching for identity where we look to things, to people, to uh, you know, our accomplishments to reveal to us who we are or to validate us or um, to articulate our importance, our value. And when we're looking to things around us, like Buddy goes and he finds his dad, he, he thinks, oh, okay, this is, this is who I am. And yet his dad, you know, isn't very nice to him. <laughs> and Buddy is, is immediately disappointed and he's let down and his, his dad doesn't want anything to do with him. He, he does take him in because he feels, he feels bad about it, um, you know, he feels like, okay, I got to be responsible for this guy because it is my kid. Um, but I think a lot of us are are constantly searching. And the thing is, is if we're looking to the things around us, we're always going to be disappointed. We're always going to be left feeling empty until, everyone say until, <laughs> we accept and find our identity in Christ. And, you know, the second part of that um, verse that I just read in John 1 um, it's verses 12 and 13. It says, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. 
I think the best identity that we could ever, ever, ever have is being called the children of God. So I just want to encourage you, if you're searching, remember that your identity is in Christ. If you're feeling rejected or not accepted, go to Jesus. You need your identity? Go to Jesus. Pretty cool dude. Um, anyways, and I think a side effect of being different um, and being his children is that we will stand out. That's just like a natural like cause and effect thing. Like if you're different, you're his child, you're going to stand out. Um, I love in the movie like Buddy is like, you know, we said he was 6'3". And he wears an elf costume, and he's, like, in New York City. Like, who wears an elf costume, like, down the streets or whatever? I mean, he definitely stands out. And what I love is he stands out with no shame. Absolutely no shame. He's like, this. hey, this is what I wear. This is who I am. This is, I don't know what your problem is. If you have a problem, it's your problem. It's not my problem. And I just, I think, like, the takeaway from that is, like, you know, are we willing to stand out for Christ? Are we called to be, to, we're called, okay, sorry, couldn't read my writing there for a second, people. I was like, what did I write? (laughs) We're called to stand out. Here's the question, but do we stand out? Or are we trying to be like chameleons? And, you know, we're trying to make sure that nobody actually knows who we are. Um, in Matthew 5, uh, verse 16, it says, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven. Like, buddy stood out. A light stands out. And are we being that light? Are we allowing ourselves to stand out? Good questions. I'm asking myself these questions too. Because, you know what, I think it's easy to be like, I'm a light for Jesus when you're in your church and you're in your Christian circles. It's like, we're loud and proud, right? Like, I'm a Christian. Um, But, you know, when we get into the world, when we're like around other people, are we willing to have that same loudness and proudness? There's a line that Buddy says, he says, I'm in love, I'm in love, and I don't care who knows it. And it's like he's, in that moment, he's professing his love for his love interest in the movie. But like he can hardly contain himself. And I just thought, what about us? Do we have that kind of excitement about God? Do we profess, I'm in love with Jesus and I don't care who knows it? Or do we kind of like, you know, recluse ourselves when we're in situations that aren't comfortable outside of our Christian circles or outside of our churches? Um, listen, I'm not, I'm not judging anyone because I know that I'm totally guilty of trying to fit in with people of the world. Like I've, I found myself doing that, like, but I don't want to do that. I want to be like Buddy the Elf. (laughs) I want to be like, I'm going to profess it and I'm proud of this. And I never want to shrink back from my love for Christ or what people may think of me or how they may receive me or reject me or any of those things because I'm following Christ. And the the verse that gets me like every single time, I've probably used this verse a lot of times, but it literally convicts me like to the core of my being is in Matthew 10 
verse 33, it says, Whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. Ouch. Like, if we're not willing to profess who he is to all the world, to be that light to all the world, then why on earth would he profess to know us? I mean, we don't deserve that. If we're not willing to profess who he is, why would he need to profess that he knows us? I don't want to be that verse where it's like, I never knew, never knew this person. Like, can you imagine getting to heaven? Like, that's the worst thing I feel like I could, one of the worst things I feel like I could hear from the Lord. That and that I didn't accomplish what he had for me. But the first thing would be, I don't know you. Like, I don't know this person. Aaron who? who who's Aaron? <laughs> uh, don't know her. Like, I, I want to profess him and I want to be bold and I want to be excited to profess him and not just be like, oh my gosh, I got to say I'm a Christian. And I know like none of us are like, oh, in that place where we don't want to say that we are. But, you know, I think times are changing and I think that there's going to be even more persecution for the church and for those who believe in Christ. And if we're not willing in simple situations, what are we going to do when it like, comes down to you know saying that we you know love Christ and that we're going to serve him whether it's for our life or not I mean I don't know if you think about those things but I definitely do I want to profess my love for him with boldness and excitement and be like buddy the elf um so I think that there's some ways that buddy the elf can teach us to live every day. Things that I think would be great for us to kind of um, encompass in our daily living. Um, One of my favorite scenes is there's a sign in a window of a diner that says world's best coffee. Obviously, it is not the world's best coffee. It's like a hole in the wall kind of place. And, um, but Buddy sees the sign and he like bursts through the door, the front door and he like yells at the whole um, uh, diner. He's like, congratulations, you've done it. World's best cup of coffee. Like Buddy is an encourager. <laughs> His heart is like completely and totally full of encouragement. He thinks it, he says it. And without reservation, it's like, oh, should I say that? Should I not say that? You know, like he's just going to open his mouth and he's going to say he doesn't hold anything back. And um, encouragement. Like I think it's something we all have to work on. And I know that it's something we've talked about before, but I don't know about you, but I have to be reminded to be an encourager, to be, I want to be like that where I'm just full of encouragement. Just like, I, I actually got a text today from someone because it is something I've been really trying to work on is to be an encourager. I fail miserably sometimes, let me tell you. But it was just kind of a little oomph I needed to be like, okay, keep doing it. And um, I got a text from someone saying, I just want you to know you're like the best encourager. Like that person encouraged me. (laughs) But it just meant so much because I've really been going after that and really trying to be an encourager and not, if I think it, say it. Um, and not holding anything back because why? 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 Why are we holding things back? Why aren't we saying it? 
And just, and you notice too, if you become an encourager, what happens to the people around you? Like my husband is an encourager. It totally is rubbing off on me. And that's so, so good. But I want to be that to other people. I want to be like such an encourager that it rubs off on other people where they're like, you know, I'm around this person and that's inspiring me to be an encourager. And I think that's something we can learn to do in our daily living is to be an encourager. And of course, it's in the Bible. Um, in Thessalonians 5 uh, verse 11, it says, so encourage each other and build each other up. Are we doing it? Some days we're knocking it out of the park and some days we're not. But it's okay. We got to just keep on trying. We're just going to keep, if you're like, I have not been encouraging, guess what? We can turn it around. We can do it. We'll do it together. Another daily uh, living lesson. Um, He says, I like to smile. Smiling is my favorite. Um, Buddy the Elf just embodies joy. Um, and not joy because obviously if you've watched the movie, like it's not all good and fine. It's actually got some really touching and emotional moments in it, but like he has joy even when he's insulted, he's ridiculed, he's thrown out of some stores, (laughs) um, he's tossed into jail, he's beat up and abused. And yet, despite all of those things, he never loses his joy. And listen, Buddy the Elf does not even have Jesus, and he has a lot of joy. So if we, who have Jesus, <laughs> um, w- shouldn't we have that kind of joy? Like, I feel like sometimes we're such a, and I'm talking about myself, like I'm not like putting anyone down. Sometimes I think we're such a bad representation of Christ because joy is found in the highs and the lows and the all-arounds. It's found in the valleys. It's found on the mountaintops. It's it's hard to possess, but it is a part of who God is, is finding the joy because the joy is found in him, right? So to the world, we're, we should be like the most joyful people on the planet. And yet we can be the most critical, the most um, just sad, depressed, anxious. And it's like such a terrible representation of who God is. And I think it's something as Christians we really, really, really need to work on. And we need to get our act together. I'm just being blunt. And I'm just being blunt with myself. Um, because, our joy, like I said, our joy is found in him. And listen, at the end of the day, like, okay, so you know all of those um, tornadoes that have been going on. And like just devastation, right? And I saw someone who had a post that lives... Um, close to where all of that happened and they were just saying like at first they woke up and they were completely being you know like overwhelmed and they have all this stuff going on and then they were just like stopped and were like why am I complaining my house is still intact I have food I have water I can go to work like I'm fine I'm safe all of these things I feel like that is how we are we should be with God. Like we should be when we feel like we're losing our joy, when we can't find the joy, we should step back and say like, wait, why am I acting like this? Why am I allowing myself to be like this? Because I have God not only around me and for me and loves me and is like pays attention to me. He lives in me 
and he forgives me. Like I have all of that. So that is enough to have joy. Again, talking to myself too, people. So like we need to have joy and we need to be representing it. In Psalm 9 verse 2, it says, I was filled with joy because of you. It doesn't say I was filled with joy because all of my circumstances were so good. No, it says I was filled with joy because of you. And I will sing praises to your name, O Most High. So the next time you feel like a total lack of joy, I want you to go read Psalm 9 too and read it out loud. And like, I was filled with joy because of you, because of who you are, God, because of how you love me, because you're around me, because you surround me. I said around, surround, whatever, over, under, you're for me, you forgive me, you live in me. Like, I have a lot to sing praises to your name, almost high. So we need to work on our joy. And isn't the season, tis the season to be jolly? Follow la 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 la. <laughs> okay. So my favorite scene. Well, actually, my favorite scene would be um, when the elf <laughs> says it's a business meeting. There's an elf there. Buddy comes in and he's like, oh, there's an elf. Does Santa know you're gone? Well, obviously the guy doesn't take it very kindly because he's not an elf. Um, And he's like, are you feeling strong, my friend? He's like, call me elf one more time. And then Bunny says, he's an angry elf. Favorite line. Favorite, favorite, favorite line. He's an angry elf. Favorite line of the movie. But I don't think there's a whole lot of spiritual um, context there. So we're not going to go with that one. But... I'm going to go with this scene. Um, it's where Buddy finds out that Santa is coming to the store. And an announcement is made over the loudspeaker. And it says, tomorrow um, at 10 a.m., Santa is coming. And Buddy goes ballistic. Like, so excited. And starts yelling, Santa! Oh, my Santa! And I love the next line. So after he's yelling, Santa, Santa, he says, I know him. I know him. Why is Buddy so excited? Because he knows him. He knows Santa. He knows who's coming. He has a relationship with Santa. So he cannot contain his excitement because he not only knows about him, but he actually knows him. I don't know why that scene makes me emotional. This is a scene I thought of when I woke up at 3 a.m. to go to the bathroom because I just kept thinking in my mind, I know the one who is coming. I know him. Okay. Ah, emotional. Sorry. Like, are we excited? Are we excited about Jesus coming back? There's a part in the movie where no one really believes in Santa anymore. But Buddy does because Buddy knows him. And Buddy has faith. Do we believe? Do we have faith? I'm not just saying, like, don't just say it with your mouth. Like, you have to believe in your heart. It's not just, a lot of people are really good at verbiage 
really, really good at verbiage. But in their hearts, their hearts lack faith and belief. Their lives lack not actually knowing him. You can have a lot of head knowledge about who God is, but unless you have a relationship with him, I'm sorry, you don't know him. You don't. You can't. See, people weren't that excited because they are like, oh, Santa, okay, Santa, uh, whatever. But Buddy was so excited because he had more than a head knowledge. He had a heart knowledge. He had a relationship. I pray that you have a relationship with him. Do not close out 2021 with head knowledge. Close it out with, I know him. I believe in him. And I'm not just going to say it, but I'm going to live it. I have faith in who he is. If you happen to be listening to this, and this is not in my notes, (laughs) let me introduce you to who Jesus is. He loves you. Knows everything about you already. So it's not like you have to like come clean because he already knows. But just invite him to come live into your life and not just be like, okay, I said it. But like, I want to live my life. Don't go into 2022 not knowing him. Let me tell you, he's fantastic. He's the best thing. And you'll be like, buddy, and you'll be like, Jesus is coming. (laughs) Because you know him. Because you believe in him. Because you have faith in him. You have a relationship with him. So what can we learn from the movie Elf, you ask? Different? Not accepted? There's one who knows those feelings. And you can go to him anytime. And you can be real with him. And he understands. You don't have to search for your identity and things or people or accomplishments. If you've accepted him into your heart and you believe in him, you're called his child and your identity is right there found in Christ. Let's profess our love for Jesus. Let's not just do it when it's convenient or when it's comfortable be willing to do it wherever we go and be that light to everybody. I'm in love. I'm in love. And I don't care who knows it. Let's live our daily lives encouraging others and having joy. Let's stand out because of good things. Not because of bad things. Sometimes Christians, we give ourselves a really bad rap. But let's stand out as Christians for Hey, they're encouragers while they have joy. (laughs) And last but not least, that we would know him. Friends, please know him. I pray as you celebrate Christ in these next few weeks, Christmas, that you 
find him. Look for him. If you look for him, you'll find him. I don't care if you're watching a silly movie that you would see who he is. <laughs> and, you know, the greatest announcement in that movie was that Santa was coming. But long ago, it was announced the birth of Christ. In Luke 2, verses 10 through 14, it says, The angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign, and you will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. And suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those who got whom God is pleased. On behalf of myself, Kara, and Frank, we wish you a Merry Christmas, and we'll see you next year.